Hi everyone and welcome back to Relationships Rock. Today we're talking about jealousy. This is probably one of the most common questions I get asked. How do I deal with jealousy? Whether it's jealousy for friends as they're getting engaged and getting married, another one bites the dust, or whether it's a younger sibling who started dating and literally the first guy, the first girl they dated, they got engaged. Or just that overall general feeling of everyone is moving on with their lives and I'm stuck. You know, I'm following the same steps, I'm following the same formula, but somehow it's working for them and not for me. We're also going to be talking about feeling burnt out. Just that feeling of, I don't want to continue, I don't want to keep dating, there's really nothing left to give. And I know that these two might seem like different topics, but at least in my head, I kind of view them as two sides of one coin. And maybe by the end of this episode, you will too. I'm kind of dreading, by the way, that this is an episode people are not going to want to share because if you share an episode about jealousy, it's going to be like, oh, look, I'm jealous. But I don't think so. And I'll tell you why, because jealousy is such a human feeling. I know this is wild, guys. You're human. You know, it's everyone feels jealousy. Humans have emotions, ups and downs. I once heard a muscle. It's kind of like a like a heartbeat monitor, you know, like if you're dead, it's straight. But if you're alive, it just goes up and down, up and down. Mrs. Shira Smile says how jealousy is not a bad thing because jealousy lets you know what you value, what you like, what you want in life. I think the problem is when jealousy makes you define yourself by what you don't have. Instead of saying, look at all that I do have. And I also want that. You know, I also value that. I also want to get married and have children. It makes you define yourself by the one thing you don't have. It makes you define yourself by your pain. So today I'm going to give you eight tips. They're, they're honestly really more like food for thought. We're just having a conversation. Number one, focus on what you do have. If you're focusing on others, it means that you're not focusing on you. I'm going to tell you a story. When I was 21, I had a pre-stomach ulcer, which is like, it was pretty serious considering like I don't smoke, I don't drink. And I was very young. And that kind of started for me really like a health journey. I tried all sorts of diets just to like, it it almost made like a mind shift. And I realized, wait a second, like I'm eventually going to get old and I have to take care of myself. And I, you know, I was vegan for three years and I did plant-based diet, which is still one of my favorites. And I went to a Mekubal. I know everyone here is like rolling their eyes. Like we got it, Raquel. You're Sephardic. I, I am. Sorry, guys. And um, I asked them, you know, what is the best diet for my body? Like I'll follow whatever it is you tell me. Like I'll follow it to the T. And he said to me, the best diet is doing the things that make you happy. And that is why I plug that into every single topic. And I'm sorry, slash I'm not sorry. I'm always going to plug it in. It's important to be okay with feeling jealous and having a support system. But don't define yourself by the one thing you don't have. You're not defined by the pain. You're not defined by that void. You're not an older single or a younger single. You are you. You're not your jealousy. You're not defined by the one thing that's missing in your life. And that definition has to start in your own mind. And you do that by focusing on you. What makes you come alive, right? What brings you joy? Focus on the things that you do have. Literally make a list. Be filled with gratitude. I know right now gratitude journals and being grateful is making a comeback. And that's wonderful because that's literally what helps you just have that mindset of like, wow, I'm so blessed. And if you're struggling with that, then Another shameless plug here. I recommend you listen to episode three where I discuss that in more depth. Number two, 
jealousy can be good because it tells you what you value, right? In a way, jealousy makes it clear what you want in life, what direction you want to be going in. And if you're already going in that direction, then great. You know, you're not, you're not a bad person for wanting something good. The key and the nuance here is that you're not looking at other people as if they took something from you, right? You could say, I also want that. But it's nothing related to that person. No one took anything from you. You have to change your mindset from, I'm jealous my friend got engaged because she took my spouse from me, which I think most people actually don't think that, to I'm jealous because I also want that. And by the way, this also applies to people when they're struggling with infertility and someone has a baby. Just because somebody had a baby doesn't mean that they took that baby from you. It's not like there's a, a finite number of babies and husbands for everyone. Jealousy reminds you of what you want and what you value. But just keep in mind that no one took it from you. And if you're already on that journey, so just keep pushing forward. You know, one of my favorite Harry Potter quotes is, it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. So while you're dreaming of your goal of what you want, don't forget to also live your life. Which leads to the next point, number three. People confuse the effort, the journey, the growth with the end goal. They're two different things. And you can actually still be accomplishing something within the goal that you want, even if you didn't reach your goal yet. Or like if you're in college and you didn't get your college degree yet, you're still working towards that goal. You're still fulfilling something, even if you didn't graduate yet. So just because you're not married doesn't mean that you're not accomplishing in marriage. You can be preparing for marriage, maturing, growing, understanding people, learning how to communicate, which might actually make your marriage easier than someone who didn't do that in the process. I know we've all heard the mashal of the guy who's told by God to push a rock, right? And he's pushing and pushing and pushing. And the Yitzhahara comes and says, why are you pushing? It hasn't moved. And the guy's like, oh my gosh, you're right. By the way, side point, look how much <laughs> when people tell you things, it influences, right? Like he was happy beforehand, but then someone puts that idea in and kind of shifts it. Just a side point here. So then this guy goes and complains to God and says, why did you tell me to push? It's not moving. You're making me waste my time. And God says, I didn't tell you to move it. I told you to push. Look at your muscles. Look how strong you are. Right? We confuse. What's the goal? Sometimes the goal is just to push and to become strong. Number four, everyone has their own mazal that's tailor-made for their own personal tikkun, which is your own personal rectification of your neshama. And it's literally your blueprint for what you came to work on. And every challenge in your life is, is really to help you work on your emunah, on the greatest connection relationship we have, which is with the ultimate rock, Karish Baruch Hu. Sometimes as a dating coach, you know, I see relationships that are just literally a train wreck. I mean, it's like red flags from like a mile away. But I know and understand that that person needs to go through that process in order to become who they need to be. There are lessons that your neshama needs to learn, that you need to learn. And sometimes through that process, when you're able to then see things differently, appreciate your life differently, so many times it's the negative relationships, the difficult moments that make you appreciate when you finally do meet someone that's gold and you're like, wow, this is it. But you wouldn't have been able to see it if you hadn't gone through that. I know hindsight is twenty twenty, and we're not always so fortunate to see how everything clicks. But sometimes I look back at the painful relationships that I went through while I was dating or just difficult moments in life. And honestly, I'm so thankful for them because I learned so much. And now that I'm in a position of guiding others, those experiences actually help me understand so much and also to be able to relate 
to what you guys are going through and kind of be able to guide you through that. You know, you have to remember that there is no one end goal, right? Marriage does not mean that you made it. It just means that you are working on different things. And whatever state you're at, whether you're single, you're married, you're struggling to have kids, or you're struggling with having kids, you're taking care of your parents, you have money, you don't have money, at every stage there's going to be work. And there's always going to be someone who seems like they have it better, who have it easier. So what's the ultimate goal in this world? If you ask me, I think it's building a relationship with Hashem, working on our emunah. And honestly, the first step of that is falling in love with ourselves. Rabbi Wolby, who has so much wisdom with Chinach, he says in a book how we have to teach our kids that life isn't fair. And the way we do that is whenever we give our kids things, we don't do it based on what's fair. We do it on their needs, right? So if a kid needs a shoe, you buy that kid a new shoe. And then the other kid is going to say, well, it's not fair. I also need shoes. You say, well, when you need a shoe, I buy you a shoe. But right now you don't need it. The reality is that some kids need more time and effort and money than other kids. And you have to kind of teach them, like, no, life isn't fair. A parent isn't fair. A parent gives to each kid what they need. And your neshama has needs. And each neshama has different needs. And your life was tailor-made for you. There's a story I actually heard this Shabbos. My husband shared it with me. Uh, the Rav in Shul said it. And it really stuck because, obviously, whatever lens you're living life through, which right now for me is Shidduchim, you know, through everything that I'm doing, whether it's dating coach and, and, and being a Khan. So he tells the story how a guy was a farmer and he wanted to get a job in the city. He wanted a better job. So he goes into the city and he doesn't know how to find a job. So he goes to the shul. And in the shul, he says, can you help me find a job? So they say, you know what? We actually need a new shamash. We need somebody to, you know, clean the shul and also write down, you know, what aliyot were and to be able to pay it afterwards. So he says, well, I don't, I don't know how to read and write. They're like, well, you know, you, you need to read and write to be able to do this job. So he's like, then I can't take it. But he asks, you know, can I borrow $5? I'll, I'll pay you back. So they say, okay, fine, here you go, $5. So he goes to the store and he buys a bag of candy. And he stands inside the school and he starts selling the, pro- the candy by, for profit. Eventually, he pays back the $5, and he keeps selling and selling for profit, and he literally becomes a super wealthy man. And a guy comes to him and says, hey, let's do uh, a business together. And they, they meet up to sign a contract, and he's like, go ahead, read the contract. He said, no, no, it's okay, you read it out loud. So the guy reads it out loud, and he says, okay, go ahead and sign it. He's like, can I just put my fingerprint? He's like, no, no, you have to sign it. He's like, listen, I don't know how to read. I don't know how to write. Like I, I, can't, I can't sign it. So he says to him, what do you mean you don't know how to read or write? You mean that if you had learned how to read and write, you would have been even wealthier. And the farmer starts laughing. He's like, you don't get it. It's because I don't know how to read or write that I became wealthy. If not, I would have been a shamash. I would have been poor working in the shul. Everything that counts against you that has made your journey difficult is not what is preventing you from getting married. It is literally the way that you will get married. All those things that narrow down your choices, that limit you, that kind of might feel like unjust, like why can I marry X, Y, and Z? Why why do I have all these limits to me? It's because maybe if you had everything that you want, you know, whether it's the wealth, the the looks, the yuchas, maybe you would have gone for somebody who was not the right match for you. Imagine somebody coming into this world to fix a doorknob, right? Another person came to build a second floor. So you see them building this house, this big house, and you say, it's not fair. I also want a big house. Where's my big house? But 
you don't have to build a big house. That, that wasn't your tikkun in this world. You came to literally just fix a doorknob. You know, we obviously don't know what we came to do in this world, but Ariya Kadosh says, whatever is hard for you, that's a sign that you came to work on that. Which leads me to the next point. Number five, hard moments help us reflect. We have hard moments to reflect. Otherwise, you would just go, 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 go and really appreciate life and not really take that time to think. Getting no's is actually time for you to reassess and to revisit and to think. Number six, think beyond yourself. Focus on the other people who you meet on this journey. Whether friends or the people that you go on dates with. You know, it used to give me chazag to think that everyone that I met in my journey of dating needed to meet me, that I was part of their journey and they were part of mine. Number seven, the first woman in Tanakh was called Chava, but she also had another name. She was called Isha. And many Parshanim discuss this, how women have these two parts of themselves, right? They could be Chava, they could be the mother of life, they could be in that role of, of motherhood, but they're also an Isha, right? What makes an Ish special? It's a Seichel, it's his intellect. There are two different parts of us that we have to develop, and they could come at different times. And if you're not able to be a Chava right now, if you're not able to be a mother right now, then be an Isha and develop your true self. Someone actually asked me, well, what if I become too educated? What if I accomplish too much? What if I become too great and then it's going to hurt my chances for Shidduchim? Because guys won't want that. And literally my response was, why would you want to be with somebody who only says yes because you're less than your best version of yourself? Become your best self. Don't ever go out with somebody who wants you to be less so they can feel bigger. This actually ties into the topic of today was just jealousy because one of the red flags that I always point out is somebody who puts you down, who makes you feel less than. Mr. Shira's Miles says how there's two types of jealousy. There's the jealousy where you see someone great and you say, oh my gosh, I also want to be great. So you step up to that. Or you see someone great and you push them down so you could be higher. There is such a thing as jealousy between spouses. And the first moment you see a red flag like that, or you think a guy wouldn't want someone who has become their best self, then I think you're honestly doing yourself a favor by, by narrowing down your dating pool. The Akira Yitzchak says how a woman has to develop her relationship with God and develop that Isha aspect, that intellect aspect, in order to fulfill her second role as Chava, as a mother. Not only that, but the more that you work on yourself now prior to being a mother, prior to having children, it will only help you when you finally get to that stage in your life. Every single woman and men has a contribution in this world that's unique to them. Whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're blessed with children, whether you're still waiting, whatever state you're in, there's something you're meant to be accomplishing and doing. And instead of focusing on what stage you're not in, just make the best of whatever state you are in. Number eight, Ben Porat Yosef. Don't look. We learned this from Yosef at Sadiq. He was protected from Ainara because he did not look at Potiphar's wife. And I think that when you want protection from Ayn Ara or just really just a life lesson, just close your eyes. By the way, when I teach Kala classes, I always say, look with one eye, listen with one ear, right? Like it's better in life just to not look too closely. Don't look at wedding pictures or engagement pictures. Don't compare. Looking leads to comparing, which leads to you thinking about what you don't have. And it literally robs you of everything that you do have. It takes away from your own joy of what you're currently living. Guard your eyes. 
And by the way, there have been studies on self-esteem in correlation to social media, whether it's Facebook or Instagram. It's real. Looking at other people makes you feel worse about yourself. So don't look. Look at you. Look in the mirror. Love what you see. Make what you see the most beautiful thing in the world. So how are jealousy and burning out connected? They're almost two sides of a coin because when you feel like you're giving so much towards a goal and you don't get it, and then you look around and other people are getting it, that's when you feel jealous. And that's also when you feel burnt out. It almost works simultaneously because you look at someone else who accomplished their quote unquote goal and you did the same thing. You play by the same rules. You follow the same system and it drains you. It drains your energy when somebody else gets it and you don't. And you think, well, how am I going to... How am I going to keep pushing forward? Where am I going to get the energy to keep pushing forward? You know, the muscle that I like to give about giving is that giving is literally like a candle lighting another candle. You never diminish your own light. And by the way, this is my litmus test, personal litmus test for if something is chesed or not. Does it hurt you? If you're hurting yourself, then you're not giving. That's not chesed. So if you feel burnt out or drained after something didn't work, or from any relationship, by the way, not just romantic, but even just friendships, then most likely that relationship is not healthy. And the giving and taking ratio was, was not good. If you feel burnt out, it's because you have extinguished your own light in the process. So focus on lighting up your neshama again. Do things that bring you joy. By the way, it is totally okay to take breaks. Breaks are not detrimental to dating. But as always with anything, think about what's your goal in taking a break? What do you hope to accomplish during that time? And how will you know when you're ready to get back to dating again? Just because you take breaks does not mean that you're broken. There are times when people feel ready to jump back in right after something ends and date. And some people say, no, I need a break. Or some people start dating and you say, you know what? I'm not ready yet. A key to dating with the goal of marriage is being in a position to give and be vulnerable. It does not mean emptying yourself out. It means giving, receiving, being open. But if you feel like you can't do that, then focus on you. Light up your neshama again. You know, whenever people call me, whether it is in dating or married, moms, etc., and they tell me they're burnt out, you know, or they feel like I'm not being a good mom, I'm not being a good dater, I'm not being a good wife, it's usually because they're not giving to themselves. And this is something that I will never stop plugging. If you want to be successful in life in any area of your life, if I am not for myself, who will be for me, as Perkei Abbott says? When you get married, it's not your spouse's responsibility to make you happy. It's not the guy or girl you're dating responsibility to make you happy. It's not your parents. It's not your kids. It will always be your own responsibility to make yourself happy. Of course, all of these relationships will contribute to your happiness, will add to it, but they're not responsible for it. The best thing you can do as a dater Whereas a human being in this world is to make yourself happy. Now, I'm not being woke or liberal or saying go crazy. I'm saying do the things that bring you joy. Now, yeah, some of those things could be simple, like getting your nails on and going for a coffee or reading a good book. But the true real joy comes from your neshama feeling alive. When you feel like you're using your kohot, when you feel like you're doing exactly what you're meant to be doing. You can't control every step in your journey but you can't control how you get from point A to point B. So literally, as I was recording this, I got a text message from someone who sent me like a Chinese cookie, like the inside fortune, and it read, stop searching forever. Happiness is just next to you. And I responded back, literally, this is what we're talking about right now. Stop searching forever. Happiness is just inside of you. 
So how do you tap into this inside happiness? Think of things that make you feel alive. What brings you joy? I know I sound like a broken record, but this is literally the cure for almost everything in this world. This is the diet for life, the diet for happiness. Focus on bringing your neshama to life. Think about things that make you happy. And I did give you some tips, which we're going to review in a minute of how to kind of shift your mindset when it comes to jealousy. But if you want to quote unquote cure your jealousy and you want to just cure that feeling of being burnt out, then focus on lighting up the fire, lighting up that light that was extinguished in the process. So to sum up, here are the eight tips we discussed. Focus on what you do have. Remember that no one took anything from you. You're still accomplishing while you're on your journey, even that goal which you still have not yet reached. Everyone has their own mazal and their own personal tikkunim, and your life was tailor-made for you to work on those. So what's the point of comparing? Use these stops to reflect and focus and give to the people who you meet while you're on this stage in life. Develop your best self at whatever place in life you're in. And if you're not able to act on the role that you want, whether it's a mother or a father, then that means that's not the state you're in right now. And last but not least, ben porat yosef, guard your eyes, and mirrors Hashem, they should only see the good. I will end with a quote from Harry Potter, which I don't think I honestly fully understood when I was reading it, when I was very young. Happiness can be found even in the darkest of times when one only remembers to turn on the light. How do you turn on that light? You make your neshama come alive. 